Welcome back to another episode of Quarren Stream, yet another Cinesnob podcast. My name is Jared Kingery. This is Cody Viafania. Cody, we are joined today by a uh, another uh, New York comedian. We had a few. We started on the West Coast uh, for the first few episodes of this show, and then last last time we had uh, Andrew Fiore out of New York, and now we have his podcast partner on Defend Your Movie, comedian Sean Donnelly. Sean, welcome. Hey guys, how are you? Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, after we had Andy on, we uh, we kind of said. Uh, Hey, do you know anyone else who wants to do it? And he's like, Shawnee will do it. Like, let him know. He, um, so, uh, um, how is uh, how is being a comedian in quarantine treating you, Sean? Uh, it's very surreal because I'll break it down for you. I've been doing comedy for fifteen years total, like fourteen years total. Um, and I've been doing it as a job for nine of those years, and this is by far uh, the longest I have gone without doing going up on stage and doing comedy in those fourteen years. Like, like by far, meaning like the last time I didn't do it was nine days when I went on my honeymoon. <laughs> so now I'm I'm approaching right about now is two months of not doing any shows which is just for a comedian especially in New York because we go up so much that's like our our our, our lifeblood here uh it's a weird feeling man like we because we we always think if we're if we're off the stage too much we get rusty you know the the more you yeah. do it the more you do it you can you you know the, the more time you can take off because you're used to it but but you still have to get back on on the stage so this is a really weird scenario going on right now it's it's very surreal for comics how often were you were you going up? Was it every night? I, you know, for years, you're doing every night because you're like, got to hustle, got to hustle. Uh, once it became a job and I, I realized that I was sacrificing a lot of personal things in my life, I realized, okay, I need a couple of days during the week not to do it. Or if, 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 if a spot doesn't pop up, I won't grab it. Or if it's not worth it, I won't do it. So I, by at this point that the quarantine started, I was at least five nights a week. Dang! Wow. So you've been doing um, like you've got your your podcast with Andy, which we talked about. Defend your movie. Yeah. And you've also uh, you're are you still you still got the Sirius XM uh, show? Yes, we do. We have uh, I do a show called Celebrate on Sirius uh, Channel ninety nine. It's we basically the way we were doing it was things were so crappy even before the, the, the quarantine. Things a lot of things were negative, so we're like, let's try to celebrate one topic. Uh, it used to be a monthly show, and now it's weekly at Wednesdays at four on Channel ninety nine. So it's a really raw fun dog. show. Yeah, raw dog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What? So what? What's the the idea behind that? Are you you're still doing it from home now, right? Yeah, we're doing it over over Zoom. Uh, so we still we now. I, I used to have two guests and me, and I have my friend, uh, usually Kevin McCaffrey, who's a super funny comedian. Uh, he would he co-hosts it with me, and now we do one guest and me and Kevin, just because I didn't want you know the over talking with Zoom. I didn't want that to happen, but. Um, yeah, so we do it once a week. We're just doing it Zoom. It's been working out. It's been working out really well so far. You don't have that studio quality sound a lot of the time, but it it's kind of negligible. People people are kind of expecting things to sound like Zoom anyway right now because everybody's home, you know. Yeah, yeah that's I, that's one thing we talked a little bit about with Andy, which was that not only is there an expectation now for th like the the standard for sound quality has gone down, but also the ease of which he said that he was getting guests has gone up because people are quickly, uh, you know, getting used to it. And, and he's been, he said he was able to 
gather really good guests because of it. Have you seen like similar things happen? Yeah, we got a couple of guests that we probably would have a harder time getting. We had Rachel Feinstein, and, and she's literally pregnant. So if she wasn't home, like if, if she wasn't at her house and she had to come <laughs> into a studio pregnant, I don't think that would have happened. So, yeah, we've had a couple. And we have a couple coming up that are really uh, uh, bigger names than we normally have. So, yeah, it's definitely, definitely true, 100%. Because everybody, not only are people home, they're dying to do something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've we've found that uh, when we started this show, we started this show with this idea to to kind of you know talk to people that we we know. We started with uh, um, uh, comedians uh, on the West Coast, uh, Eddie Pence and Jerry Roach. I don't know if you know those guys. I know Jerry. I think I might have met him once. Um, but then we, we like, well, we ran out of friends. We ran friends. We ran out of friends that are in the biz. Um, we also talked to, uh, actor Greg Sestero. So we've reached out, um, you mean of, reached, of, of the room fame, Greg Sestero. Of the room fame. Yes. Good. I'm glad you know the room. Of course. Uh, of course. Greg is a friend of ours too. So that we exhausted our three friends in, that we had easily access in the biz. So. We've been just reaching out uh, to to people, and uh, you know, Andy was nice enough to join us last week. You were kind enough to join us today, and uh, it's been cool because it's you know, again, it's 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 a matter of just like, hey, no one's doing anything right now, so everyone wants to talk to one another, and it's the ease of which it's been uh, we've been able to do this stuff. I mean, it sounds like we're all in the same room, you know. Oh um, yeah, right, exactly. That's that's the uh, that's the convenience part of living now. Like, think of this. You know, last time they had this was what 1918 with the flu. Yeah, but yeah. Think about even if this happened in the 80s, what would we be? Everybody would be doing crossword puzzles and watching uh, uh, <laughs> Channel Two, Four, Five, and Six and Eleven. You know, it wouldn't be a you know there'd be four channels and a bunch of books you'd be reading. That'd be it. I was yeah. I was thinking about that earlier when I was like like going through streaming services and even thinking back like can you imagine if Netflix was like the Netflix disc days were here and you had to wait like three <laughs> days to find something else to watch oh, and, and when stuff was uh, like checked out and you couldn't you had to wait for it oh you yeah on your queue you had the queue on the, the queue do you know you ever hear the thing about how Netflix I I guess it makes a lot of sense the more you think about it. Uh, their goal was always to be a streaming service, but the technology at the time they came out didn't mat- wasn't uh, good enough yet. So that's why they did the DVDs. But always in the beginning of the company, the whole goal was to be what they are now. That was always the 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 uh, the, the plan, which I didn't realize. I figured Netflix. You could say the the net part of the Netflix was yeah, you're ordering them over the internet. So that's that's how you, you know that makes sense. Yeah. You know? yeah. It blows my mind that the that the DVD service like still exists. Like I can't believe that there's people who still do that. that I, you mind. know what it is? Yeah, I think there's just people out there. It's the same way where like there's also a portion of the country that doesn't have cable. You know what I mean? Or Wi-Fi. Like yeah. that just happens. I think sometimes people just don't sign up for stuff. Or or if you're super old and if you're, say you're 90 now and you were 60, all this stuff was coming about. So you're not, even by then you're not even paying attention to it. You know. Well, I, I've heard that uh, that's how Blockbuster survived so long in Alaska is that Wi-Fi or Internet is expensive up there. So to get oh. to get uh, like to get quality streaming, you have to get like the literal satellite dish thing. And it's just too too pricey. So the idea that you can rent a DVD and have it show up at your door or whatever is it's still the, really the only option. I guess you can't. I mean, I, I'm curious now. 
do they rent out like their original shows? Like, can you get a DVD of Stranger Things if you still if you want it? Like, I do- don't know. I don't think so. I doubt I, it. I doubt it unless because I mean Netflix has produced because they're not producing like physical media of everything that they do. So I assume you know if the physical media exists, maybe. But I don't. I don't think they're just producing it for their subscribers no i think yeah i think you're right i think the cost of producing the actual physical dvds wouldn't be worth it to them for the amount of people that were going to buy it so they just by having people that order the dvds not being able to see it they just chalk it up to be like oh well sign up for the streaming what did I tell you? <laughs> well uh you can get uh i just looked it up and you can get stranger things really uh, delivered, delivered to you on a disc wow uh, yeah, uh, um, do you remember, uh, either of you remember disastrously when they were going to spin off the, the DVD rental business and it was going to mm-hmm. be called something like Quickster? Yes. No, I don't remember this that. Was, this was like a one month, like everyone revolted almost immediately when this happened. I remember this. I think it was probably, it, it's got to be like 10 years ago now when streaming was, was like still had like just taken off. And people were still renting DVDs. It was going to be like two separate subscrip- subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Oh, to make more money or whatever. Yeah, and it was it was a disaster that Netflix quickly abandoned. Uh, there was also once upon a time where uh, when Netflix streaming first launched, they had the worst library of movies imaginable. It was a bunch of like straight to video, like clearly photoshopped covers. Oh, yeah. where you're like, what the fuck is this? They got to get the rights to them. Yeah, they have like every Jean Claude Van Damme straight to video movie. <laughs> Or all those uh, like National Lampoon movies that have been coming out since. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, no, wait, like, after, after everybody stopped caring about National Lampoon. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, go ahead, Cody. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I used to work at a Blockbuster uh, when I was younger, uh, when I was like 20 years old. And uh, and it was, it was still hopping. Like, it was still doing pretty good. But Blockbuster kind of had a similar thing where um, – they had a couple of film companies that produced their straight-to-video movies. So they would yeah. just make the movie. Like, Two Left Shoes was named one of the companies. And they produced movies that were like these bad action movies. They went straight to blockbuster video stores. Yeah, my uh, friend worked on a film uh, when he moved to L.A. Him and his wife moved to L.A. like in 2003. And he worked on some shitty zombie movie. And it was uh, it was a like they had a deal already with Blockbuster. Yeah, to, yeah. To like, and it, that's the only place you could got you could get it. Now it shows on like the you know the free streaming services, but it was literally they literally had to go back. They finished the movie and had to go back and add it half hour so it would get to feature length for. Oh, that's so funny. I uh, I worked in a, an Albertsons video store. Uh, if I don't, you, I don't know if you you don't have Albertsons on uh, in no. New York. I don't think. Uh, no, I, know, just I never a, knew they had a video store. To be honest, this was in the late '90s, and it was terrible. I mean, we had like the it was fun because it, we had the schlocky movies and everything to rent out. Um, but we had a blockbuster in the parking lot, and just it it kicked our ass every day. But we still had these regular customers, and we had this one old man that would come in every Monday. We had a special. It was like five movies for four dollars, and he rent every softcore porn style movie that we had. <laughs> and he'd return. He had to return them all the next day, and he would. And I just it was so bizarre and so oh my god, so sad. Video stores used to be such a big part of our lives. Like like Blockbuster at night, going to Blockbuster Pagoda movie was huge. When I worked there, it was like one of my favorite jobs that I had. I used yeah. to it used to be packed on a Saturday night, and they had these coupons that 
it was like this weird glitch where you would get a coupon in the mail for one free rental. So you you come in and I would scan it and put it in the drawer. But you could scan the coupon as many times as you want to get the free rentals. So I used to, when I was working the cash register, I would ask trivia questions on the line. <laughs> and whoever and whoever got the, the whoever got it right, I would scan one of the used coupons and get them a free <laughs> free rental. That's pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was a fun job. I remember the the big deal, the big production they'd always make of uh, the clerks at Blockbuster would always make of moving the videos past the sensor. Like that, oh. that's just one of the things that I miss because we because I never did that at, at Albertsons. Like we didn't have we couldn't afford sensors. Right, but right. That, that big like show of them like taking the movies and here you go and putting them putting them on the other side of the sensor. Yeah, just yeah. something that that like I remember like so so well. That just is gone forever. Like, there's never going to be anything else like that. Oh, absolutely not. And also, the way they they get mad at people for not rewinding. We had rewinders. And oh, yeah. And then my, on, on top of it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say my dad bought us all rewinders. Um, he, wanted, <laughs> he wanted to save our VCRs. So, like, yeah. he had, we had a rewinder in every room. <laughs> also, they had a policy where... Uh, they told you you have to say hello no matter what you're doing. If you're near enough to the front of the store, you have to say hello to every customer and look them in the eyes when they came in. And the thought process behind that is they did studies psychologically. If, if somebody does that to you when you walk in a store, you're less likely to steal something from the store. Wow. Hmm. Which is it pretty stop, interesting. It never, stopped, yeah, it never stopped me from... <laughs> <laughs> from stealing shit? From <laughs> but I, I, I was working at the, the store at the time. So there you go. I, there you go. I, it was, that's, that was oh, how I... I people used like. to steal stuff because we used to have the actual video games behind the... The, the the boxes like there were like their video, uh, for, and like meaning like the the ones you would rent you grab it and bring it up and you'd rent it and yeah. I would and they had a plastic security thing on some of them I'm sorry the ones that were for sale the used ones for sale and they had a plastic okay. security lock on them but people used to bust those things out of there and put them in their pockets and walk out all the time we're talking like uh, cartridges right like yeah like, like Super like Nintendo C cartridges yeah 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 because I remember once it became the discs they could just file them in like some big giant envelope. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It's it's always weird. To, I I keep on thinking that that like uh, like boutique or small uh, like video rental stores will make a comeback, but I feel like it's it becomes less and less likely. But I feel like it's such an interesting idea that, especially with I feel like more people are maybe watching movies just because streaming services are so available that that there's nothing that is like other than like the Criterion Channel. There's nothing that's super curated, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's such an interesting concept that seems to have just died completely and may never come back uh yeah i think you're right well if you if you really look at the way the whole thing is moving and you mentioned criterion which i which i loved because they used to have all the new movies the ones that were kind of they were theater movies but they were like you know, the wes anderson's always had a criterion thing yeah. that you could get for ten dollars more that would have all the dvd extras that I loved, and now I guess they have the whole channel devoted to it, but you look the whole way the business is coming, especially now after the quarantine. Dude, can you imagine? Like The only thing going into theaters after this is going to be giant blockbusters. Yeah. Like, like I was telling somebody, like, no more medium-level movies in these, like just yeah. dramas or thrillers anymore. In, not even thriller, like like psychological thriller. Like, that's why I was, I was saying to my friend one day, I was like, Richard Gere movies are done in the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I that mean? Like, those those, those those types of movies, like Mothman prophecies, like you don't see that. Like you, that wouldn't even be considered horror. Like stuff like that. That's like just 
psychological, uh, like kiss the girl, stuff like that. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. You're, I don't think you're going to see that in the theaters anymore. That's straight to, to iTunes or to Netflix. Yeah, we were talking about that uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, the new Kumail Nanjiani movie, Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae, the, what's it called? The yeah. Lovebirds. Lovebirds yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Is it- like, it, like that's going straight to Netflix now, uh, next month, I believe. And it's like, that seems to me like the last, like the death knell of the mid-level comedy too, like for films at the or box office. Or just the office. studio comedy in general, because King of Staten Island is going there too. And that's maybe the biggest studio comedy that there was this summer. But is that going to Netflix or is that going to, you have to buy it on demand on something? That's on demand, like on iTunes and stuff. Right, right, yeah. right. So, uh, yeah, like would the, I guess I think they did that because they wanted it to come out either the time the earlier or the time that it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, you have to I, wait to you delay it two months. Then you don't you're not making any money when that's happening. But like the the uh, Netflix has kind of cornered the market on those like teen comedies now. They're not so much raunchy, but they're like you know uh, what are they? It's like to all the boys. I've loved. Have you heard of those? Oh yeah. I haven't watched them, but it's it's sort of like, like the like they're they're not they're not putting an American Pie, for example, in a movie theater anymore. It's just no. going to go to Netflix. It goes straight to Netflix, and it, it kind of sucks because I was like kind of excited, really excited to go to the movies. For the, like, I remember going to see. I know where I saw American Pie when it came out. It wasn't like ninety nine yeah. or whatever that was. Same here. Or, yeah. Yeah, but I went like, with a bunch bunch of a bunch of like people I didn't know to go see it. Yeah. But it's like crazy. when it comes to um, that's just the way it is from now on, because I think what happens if you're the it actually is a pretty smart move to put that King of Staten Island on streaming where you buy it because he's a huge name. I know Pete, 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 uh, he's so big with people that they don't care about going to the movies that you'll probably make as much money. You'll probably make the same amount of money as you would if you put it in the theaters, because chances are. If it did go to the theaters, it would have gone to iTunes either a month in or three weeks in because a lot of people of that age, they just want to watch it on their phone anyway. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not saying that you – I don't know how old you guys are, but for me, like I love – I and all, well, you guys love the movie theaters because you're movie guys. But I mean like stuff like that, people are like, I love Pete Davidson. I want to see anything he does. And then literally they have it on their phone 10 seconds later. Like that's what they want and that's what they're used to. So the fact of right. it – coming out earlier makes up for them having like they're making up the money putting it out the regular the the scheduled time as they would what they would have lost if they had delay like they're they're, they're making they're gonna make end up making the same amount of money you know what i'm saying like yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it coming out regular time on demand is giving them that leeway where like oh we would have made the x amount anyway if we would have delayed it because it would have been in the theaters for less time because i feel like that's an expensive endeavor anyway all those theater you know you've heard stories about how those theater owners are and how much they're losing and all so they would have been really fickle about where it was it probably wouldn't have been that many theaters like who knows you know you never know yeah, I mean, how would it have stacked up, you know, against, I mean, it was going to be open in the same time that Black Widow was opening. So Yeah, I know. mean, that's that's the argument that, that we've been making on, or I've been making on our other podcast, is just the idea that, you know, do you want to set these smaller, or like you said, Sean, like the mid-budget movies up to get crushed by some big box office thing? Or do you want, it, you want to give people an alternative to watch at home where they can, like, maybe make back their budget at home and, 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 and right. not get killed by Marvel movies or tentpole movies, especially when theaters come back, I feel like there's going to be a big craving for like the biggest big budget action explosion movies there. Yeah. That's what I meant. That's what I was saying. Like you're going to see and they're going to, they're also, 
Uh, one of these chains might go under during this quarantine thing because people aren't going to go back to movies right away. And mm-hmm. and I, I hate to say it, but I could see like all theaters as we know them changing where it's like way less or just they're, that they're gone, which would really devastate me. That would be like if they go the way of the drive-thru where they're not even uh, – they don't even exist anymore. Well, yeah, I, I feel like art houses are doomed. Like there's not going to be – there's not going to be any art house – crowd the art houses are probably doomed because they won't be able to do the numbers unless they have unless there's a movement of a groundswell of uh like the only thing that could save things but i don't think there's enough people out there like us that would like oh they're playing pulp fiction this at this 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 five dollar movie theater i'll go check that out that's the only way it would survive is because it'd be a popular movie but and and they make apparently the way it's set up is they make all the money off the, like they buy the print and they just make all the money off it like they yeah, don't have to they, give any of them like you know how they set it up the original system is when it comes out the opening weekend they make zero money off it but like so if you could make money off the actual showings and concessions then maybe a small theater here and there it'll be like this rare thing that you're like we're going to a movie theater that's so i hate i hate even thinking that because of how much i love the movie theater experience yeah, we uh, we've you know all our art houses here in Austin are pretty much like the the main art houses are like you know old, they are older theaters that were you know replaced by the the multiplexes across the highway, and if their you know their clientele is always sort of passionate anyway, but it right. it takes them to to keep it going, so they're they're not bringing in any new people, and if these other these people that were already frequenting there don't want to go then i just don't know how they can survive right like if they're not jumping back into it but you but i think there's going to be what you're hoping is when the when the go-ahead is given and there's a moment um where everybody realize, realizes that we're able to go kind of do what we did normally i think there's going to be a groundswell of people going out to bars and going out and doing stuff like, oh yeah and that'll probably include the movie so what i'm hoping is that'll make up for it but you really never know well, I was, you know, uh, um, kind of wondering about this last weekend with, uh, uh, you know, before last weekend, wondering, like, well, have we turned a corner where people are going to be afraid to go out? And then Mother's Day happened, and I looked at my social media feed, and it was like nothing had happened. You know, people were yeah. out with their moms, and I get it. They they really wanted to get out. And here in, in Texas, where we're at, it restrictions were lifted somewhat for restaurants uh, and uh, um, movie theaters that are, they're not really showing anything, but you could still go places. And it was almost as if nothing had happened for some people. Obviously some people stayed home, but other people were out and about like nothing had changed. So yeah. I really wonder what's going to happen. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I think that you're right. I think in some places where I am, it's kind of uh, uh, night and day to what you're talking about. People, yeah. people, but but you're right though. On Mother's Day and 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 the, whatever that Saturday was, that was gorgeous. There was a lot of people out, but they take restrictions out here. Like they're it's uh, they're social distancing a bunch. Like a lot of people aren't going out. You know, obviously going out during the week and stuff like that. But um, we also have a much bigger issue than you guys have out there. I don't know what the numbers are by you guys, but. Uh, I think you're going to find both. You're going to find people that are literally too scared to go out of their house and they become agoraphobic. Uh, and then you're going to have people that are like, hey, yeah, we're fine. And they just go back to living the way they lived. Yeah. I think what's going to happen, sorry to keep going, but I think what's going to happen is that we're going to become like uh, Japan. I think the masks are now a part of our um, 
a part of our a part of our polite society. Masks aren't weird anymore. Remember when you see a mask and you'd be like, "What are they wearing a mask for?" It's it's like it's fine. We're fine. Everybody's yeah. Fine. Uh, I think now it's going to be like, "Yeah, yeah, mask. That's fine. Do do what you got to do." Yeah. Well, yeah. My wife and I we went to Japan for our honeymoon like last October, so we were right in the thick of it. You know, with this is before the the outbreak hit, and yeah, it, it's true. Like everyone is wearing a mask. I mean, they, they, if, if people are not wearing a mask, it's unusual. Right. And there was, you know, that thing, those things were sold everywhere. It was just another thing. Um, and, you know, half of them were fashionable. You know, it was it was like a black silk with, you know, some sort of logo on it or whatever. So it wasn't like uh, this clinical thing. It was just a cultural thing. Yeah. And I think, yeah, going forward, for sure, I think it, you're going to see it more and more. Because, you know, we go out to the grocery store now and and just about everybody's wearing something. And they've, they've migrated from just the straight surgical masks or whatever to something that either they've made or they've bought that looks nicer. Yes. So yeah, I, I do think it's here to stay personally. And I, I don't, I don't mind. I don't care. You know, I'll, I'll, um, I'll mind wearing one. I don't mind. I don't mind doing what you want. I, I think I can find, I think I see myself. I think I'm going to wait the appropriate amount of time, but I will get to a point where I'm not going to wear a mask outside. If it, if it's, if it gets low enough, the numbers and it seems safe enough and it's enough time has passed. I'd be fine walking around, even if there was like as when it gets to the point where there's as much chance of getting it as the flu, and they have the vaccine and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll be back to me uh, being like, yeah, I'm 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 good. I'll and if I get it, I get it. And I'll 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 try to deal with it, kind of thing. But that's after everything is kind of they've gone through the motions, you know. I'm curious if it's um, if it's like a lot of people I've I've seen have kind of just noticed how dirty everything is in general. When it comes to that stuff, like how much you're up in people's faces and how much you get like their spit on you and, and whatever, just regardless of how clean you are, if that is something that plays into it going forward, like, well, I'm just going to wear a mask because I never realized how goddamn dirty everything was. Uh, oh, dude. I, yeah, I think that'll be part of it. I think I'm definitely aware of surfaces more than I was. Like, I've been opening doors of my jacket. I've been doing the mm -hmm. mask thing. I Like, I I don't know if that'll go away where I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll do that at... Um, during flu season, I'll be way more <laughs> careful, like next year's flu season or whatever it is. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Next year's flu season could be this. It could still be going when, it, when, you know, when this thing doubles back and comes back. So, yeah, I think people are going to be way more germ aware. And with that comes people with you're going to see way more unlocked OCD out there. People are it, become germaphobes that didn't realize they were, you know? Yeah. So, go ahead, Cody. Oh no! I was I was just gonna just quickly add that that it is straight up broken my nail biting habit. I have stopped biting. I like that has been <laughs> something I've done for years. I do not do it anymore. It's crazy. I one like one day I looked down. I'm like shit. My fingernails are long. I what, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, Sean, let's uh, let's kind of get into the meat of why why we're here. Uh, what have you been watching? Now that you're stuck inside, I, I know you. You talked about we talked about your your movie podcast uh, with Andrew for Andy. Excuse me. Ooh, I messed that one up bad with Andy. And uh, uh, so you've been watching stuff for that, obviously. But what have you been watching other than that, just to kind of pass the time? Besides the movies, I've been watching Westworld. Uh, Ooh, yeah, Westworld. I'm uh, I'm not even completely caught up on it. I have a couple episodes to catch up on. Um. And I've been I've been watching I've been watching some trash TV too. I've been watching some uh, guys grocery games and diners <laughs> drive-ins and dives. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, guilty of that too. Yeah, it, one of those things where I think because I, I watched a lot of movies this week. Actually, I don't know if I mentioned it to you guys earlier, but um, 
But I've been doing a lot of like I'm uh, where I'm not in the mood to somebody's like recommending something to me. I'm like, oh, I'm not in the mood for it. And I've also been rewatching, uh, which I'm a diehard of, is Lost. Like I'm already on the Ooh. second second season of a rewatch of Lost. And I when it was out, I was a like that's the first show I ever like went to a message board for. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> where I became nerdy for the show. I wa- theory. I wanted theories. I was binge watching. I, I I had I, you know I was very adamant about my opinions about that show when it came out. So mainly those two, and then like checking out episodes. I watched one episode of that show Hollywood that came out. It was pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, when it, when it comes to Lost, I was right with you right there when it was out. And then I felt so burned by it at the end that I I have not even ever considered rewatching it. Well, I'll tell you my my opinion. Uh, my first off, I want to say that you want to talk about movies. Like you want to talk about the first season of Lost. That's movie quality production. Like it's, no, it's, I mean it's it's a ama- the first season of Lost is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's like one of the best things in television. And here's the thing: I was I'm I'm guilty of that. I was so far into it because of the story and the characters and wanting to find out about the mysteries that you could have given me anything. They could have screwed it up because there's, there's, that could have happened. But the way that I felt about it, because my, my theory about Lost, and I'm, it's going to be spoilers, but it's been 10 years since it's been on. So you, <laughs> I think yeah. it's okay. I think it's okay, yeah. My theory was this, and I think they might have had this in mind, but I don't know. Lost, they crash on the island. I thought they figured this show's too expensive. It won't make it past two seasons. So what we'll do is we'll set up the whole first season, uh, the crash on the island, and we do all the stories. And then the second season, we reveal by the end that it's purgatory. That that's what it was. They all died, and it was purgatory. <laughs> that's what I thought was going to happen. Then the thing went, got so popular. They were like, we're going to do a hundred seasons of this thing. So by <laughs> they had all the problems of just they they did not know what to do so by the end of it when they realized what their end date was what they basically did was they made it purgatory that's why i didn't have that i didn't have that much of a problem the ending of it it, it's totally up for uh interpretation but if you really look at it it's it's purgatory and that and and it's 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 not as bad as it could have been it could have been done way worse you ever see the dexter ending that's one of the worst oh the lumberjack ending (laughs) oh my god talk about the, the the falling of a show are you kidding me the, the one thing about the purgatory thing that that I that always pissed me off is that it just renders that last season useless. Like it it undoes everything that happened before it. I thought. That being said, I mean, I would be interested to see what I thought of a rewatch. But I, one thing I do is like once a year I'll go back and watch the constant just because I think that's one of the best episodes of TV of all time. Yeah, the constant's the one where they go to back to the go back to Yale, not Yale to like um. The yeah, college in England. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so a, so goddamn. That's good. the one where Charlie. That's a not Penny's Bone epi- episode, right? Or maybe it's around that time, I think. Um, I don't think it's that episode, oh, but okay. it's 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 a it's it might be close to it because there's yeah. like the big scene happens like there's like a payphone scene where <clears throat> excuse me where he he reaches with Penny like it's yeah that that yes that, yeah yeah it's like it's, a stand it's one of the few like standalone episodes where. Like I can, I feel like I can show someone that and be like, you don't really need to know Lost to understand this episode. No, and you know what? I, okay, so wh- I kind of got a little bit of inside info. Somebody I know worked with writers that wrote on the first two seasons. 
uh, on a different project. Uh, but when the third and fourth season was going on, or the fifth season, and he, and that this person asked them and said, "Hey, do they have any idea how this thing is going to end?" And mm-hmm. the the writer said, "Nope, they have no idea. They're making <laughs> it up as they go along." And they used to scam us because I would I would pay attention to any any Damon Lindelof or Carlton Cuse. God damn it! Oh. They were the showrunners. Any interview they had online or on TV, I would watch, and they would always say two things they said that they screwed up on. One is they said, well, actually, this one that was true, but it was a scam. They go, we know the last shot, which made me believe they knew the last the last narrative, the last story. But what all they meant was the last shot being Jack's eyes closing. That's all they meant. They didn't know how yeah. they were going to get there. It's such BS. And then the <laughs> other thing is that I remember, I, maybe I'm crazy, but I could remember them saying everything on this show will be explained by science or theoretical science. <laughs> I, I I look I I was right I was right there I was I had everything like ooh what what does this mean what does this mean what does this mean and right. then by the end of it when they were like what do you mean this was never about this it was about the characters like, no fuck you you set up all these mysteries and you just didn't know how to solve them and and that's bullshit to me and it oh it really soured me for the whole thing because it there's so much good stuff in there there's so much like weird intrigue uh, I think. You know, the constant is obviously kind of the high watermark episode. But do you remember the first episode, first two episodes of this of the uh, for second season? Like they literally are. Well, the, two... fir- the first season, uh, um, a cliffhanger is one of the best things ever in television. As oh, well. the hatch, yeah, yeah. But then the this first episode of the second season, or maybe it's the second. I can't remember what it is. But when they blow open the hatch, they finally blow it open at the end of the episode, right? And then you. They the very next episode they tell the, the another story during the same time frame from Desmond's point of view, and uh, like it ends with the hatch blowing open. Right, and it was just such great TV at the time. Yeah, and it uh, that it, that it kind of petered out to me is is one of the biggest disappointments. I think probably one of the things, and I've thought about this since then, is that back then they were still having to produce like twenty two episodes a season, and had they. Yep. Had it been like modern TV where they do 10 to 13, I think it would have been so much better. So much better. And they they realized that, I think. And I, that's why there was a point, you probably remember this, during season three or four where they said you ha- they, they went into ABC. It must have been season four. And they said, you have to give us an end date. Because they had an episode about the origins of Jack's tattoo. Jack's tattoo. Oh, God. And, yes. Which was awful. And... The ABC was like, that was the lowest rating episode we, we, we had. And they go, well, you want more of these? Don't give us an end date then. You have to give us an end date so we can start start rolling this thing out. And finally, that's why they were able to, to end it properly because they got an end date. But you're absolutely right. The thing, def- it definitely peters out. It's not a strong ending. But it's but if they really could have had creative control the whole time, I think they really could have done an amazing. If it was only three seasons and they had creative control and oh, they knew, yeah. oh my God, I think it would have been still one of the best shows. But I, I love it. I was so into it. I could just watch it for the sake of watching it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know if I'll get over my bitterness. Maybe I will one day watch <laughs> it. But uh, uh, did you, uh, on a separate note, um, uh, a friend of mine has an actual piece of the plane from the <gasps> pilot. What? Uh, yeah. He bought it uh, from an ABC auction, and he has it, uh, like, r- th- straight when you walk in this door at his house, there's this giant piece of a plane. Wait, so how the- big is the... It's big. Yeah, it's, like, uh, nine feet tall. No way! 
Yeah, and it's uh, it's cha- I mean, it's a literal like they actually cut up a plane for this. Like it's not a prop. It's yeah. it's a legit piece of a plane, and he's got it like chained up to the wall, and he put like a light behind it, and it's got one of the windows. It doesn't have any of the logo uh, stuff. He said that stuff was way more expensive. Way more, he, I can imagine. But he's got a. Uh, he probably, got, like it, he probably got duped, and that's just some like bullshit out of production plane. <laughs> no, he bought it from ABC <laughs> itself, so he got like a certificate of authenticity. Like he had to ship it. Like it costs more to ship than it did to buy <laughs> because it's so big. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So it, it's really awesome. Uh, he's uh, he's a big collector of stuff too. Um, I would have loved to have a tiny piece of the plane and then frame it. That would have been great. Yeah, he's got it. He's got that, and he's got like a Dharma Initiative beer. Like no right way, it. really? I, I think that might be a reproduction, but uh, either way, it's 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 awesome. It, it's it's uh, it it made me appreciate like oh, I forgot how big this show was when I went to his oh, house for the yeah. first time because it was like oh yeah, there's people that love this thing still. Oh yeah, and my yeah. my sister just bought me a Dharma uh, a Swan a Dharma station hat. Uh, for from Etsy for Christmas and I wear oh, it that's all cool. the time. Yeah, yeah. I love I love little touches like that where it's like subtle, like you, it's not blasting out lost. Yes, me but too. But if anybody sees it, they're like, oh, I know exactly what that means. That's why I wear it because it only has the symbol and then the numbers on the back of like above the the little hole where the hat is, the one size fits all hole. Yeah, I, I have a quick question that that I we haven't actually asked a guest yet, but it just it just came to me with this conversation because it's come up a couple times. Do, do you think that now? since everyone is sort of stuck inside that that this period of time sort of makes it easier or makes you want to like like binge tv shows more than you would sit down with movies because i I, i've been feeling that lately like i feel like it's maybe a mood thing or something like that where it's just you feel like just kind of consuming a bunch or as much as you can versus you know a movie is a bit of a more endeavor where you have to focus for you know ninety minutes or two hours at a time. I don't know. Have you been feeling that at all? Yeah, and I yeah definitely. And I think there's two reasons. I think it's exactly what you just said. You want to be kind of ripped into a universe, so you don't have to deal with your own actual real everyday universe uh, because it's so depressing what's going on. And secondly, I think people also because. That's where the recommendations are coming. Is TV shows? Very few people are saying you got to check out this this movie. It happens, but more people are like, I'm binge watching this because yeah, the quality yeah. of some of these shows is like you're watching a movie every week that it's on or every episode. Every that's uh, thirteen movies in a row. That's how it feels, you know. Like you ever you ever watch the Sherlock show, the BBC one? How amazing yeah. that is! That's yeah. a, that's every episode's a movie. It's an hour and a half long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess on on that note, um, as we we talk about how movies are are kind of hard to watch, we're going to recommend some movies to you. Sean. Okay, okay. Um, so um, we uh, we got some uh, ideas for you uh, based on the streaming services that you have, and you said you've got Hulu, HBO Go, Netflix, kind of the the, the big the big ones, right? The big boys, the big boys. So uh, we're going to come up. We're going to give you some recommendations to watch. Uh, and then you won't tell us, but you're going to pick one of those. And when we talk next, you're going to tell us which one you watched and uh, how you liked it. So, Cody, do you want to make your recommendation first? Uh, yeah, but uh, look, guys, I fucked up. Okay. I'm, I, I'm, I messed up a little bit. So uh, I had what I thought was a great pick, uh, which was uh, uh, the movie Upgrade. It was written and directed by Lee Wanell. I think it came out a couple years ago. 
Um, uh, and uh, it's like a great like a- like action movie because Sean, you had mentioned that you were looking for an action movie, something to have fun with, and um, and uh, I looked up on the website we used to like see what's streaming, uh, justwatch.com, and it said upgrade was on HBO Go. So I'm like, perfect. I sent it off. And then I think uh, sometime v- like right before recording, I uh, I discovered um, from from Jared that uh, it was not on HBO Go. And uh, <laughs> a- apparently what happened was that uh, it expired on April 30th on HBO Go. And the website had not updated yet, so uh, ah. my perfect pick got shot down. And so, in an effort to scramble and to try to find something that was actually on a service, I came up with um, Alita: Battle Angel. Uh, this is uh, a movie that came out last year, right? Yeah, twenty nineteen, I believe. Twenty nineteen. It's uh It's directed by Robert Rodriguez, and it is an adaptation of. I guess is it a. It's it's. Is it a manga, manga, or is it? I, I think I think you can say it either way if you're American. But yeah, yeah I, I think it's 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 manga is how I always pronounce. Yeah, but but anyway, it's um, I I think it you know it's 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 a pick that I it's a movie that I think a lot of people found to be a lot better than they thought it would be based on you know you know what it appeared to be but also you know i feel like robert rodriguez is pretty inconsistent as a filmmaker and he's done really great things and he's done some pretty mediocre things and i think this was a really interesting return to form for him it's it's make no mistake it's it's dumb (laughs) but uh it's it's fun in that uh i think it it's it it embraces the fact that it's like a big dumb action movie it's got some great uh cgi uh in there so uh rosa salazar plays alita the main character and um and she's got like and it's like a cgi character done with motion capture and it looks really great um there's a lot of great visual effects and it's super violent like for a PG-13 movie I was stunned by how incredibly violent it is um but it's got a great supporting cast like Mahershala Ali like it's one of the first movies he had off of uh, off of his Oscar um and um oh, cool. and uh I, I I thought I just think it's a lot of fun and a a quick breezy action movie um admittedly a bit of a panic move after I messed up, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, uh, I found it to be a lot better than I thought it was going in. Okay. Cool. So that's what, that's Cody's pick. My pick for you is, uh, the Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, classic demolition man, which, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, and, uh, if this escapes you, I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure how old you are, Sean. I'm 41. Oh, so am I. Same age. Um, okay, so this was a huge deal when it came out um, yes, in 93. Um, you know, I, I don't know a lot of people that really know it very well, um, but it's... So the, the premise is that uh, um, Sylvester Stallone is this sort of super cop, and Wesley Snipes is a, uh, like, kind of maniacal villain. And it's uh, the movie begins in 1996 Los Angeles, which is, I believe it came out in 1983, so it's supposed to be, like, the city is deteriorated, the city's on fire, the Hollywood sign's burning down, and uh, in an effort to stop um, Wesley Snipes' character, uh, Simon Phoenix, who has this kind of blonde shock of hair like a 90s Dennis Rodman, uh, is, uh, to to stop him from from terrorizing the city, Spartan John Spartan, who's played by Sylvester Stallone, uh, ends up blowing up a warehouse to to 
to capture Phoenix, and supposedly he ends up killing 42 hostages or something that are in there. So they both get thrown into prison because of it, and there's this brand new cryo prison. So you get frozen and rehabilitated while you're uh, frozen. You learn new skills. So they both get thawed out in 2036, and uh, uh, well, Simon Phoenix gets thawed out first, and they the SAPD, which is San Angeles Police Department, thaws out Sylvester Stallone's character, and he has to hunt him down. Only now uh, the future is super pussified, and everyone's nice to each other, and there's no violence. So he's sort of this Neanderthal uh, cop that knows how to use a gun, and and um, it's the uh, restaurant. Uh, it's the it's the movie that famously had every restaurant become Taco Bell. Uh, that was a huge joke at the time. <laughs> and uh, um, everyone's super nice to each other. Everyone wears these weird like future robes and and hats, and uh, it's it's. It's a goofy movie, and it, but it's really fun. Uh, it's got Sandra Bullock in it, um, I think right before Speed, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then Benjamin Bratt's in it. Uh, Dennis Leary is uh, like plays this like under leader of people that live underground. Um, and uh, uh, Wesley Snipes is pretty much insane in it. And it's a hard R, something I was surprised, because that was a film that had actual toys released for it and referenced Taco Bell so much that it was actually rated R. Uh, But that is available right now on Hulu. So uh, those are your choices, Sean. Don't let us know what you pick. But you've got... Is it Alita Battle Angel? Yeah, Alita Battle Angel available for sure on HBO Go. And then uh, Demolition Man uh, available for sure on Hulu. So uh, those are our picks for you. Don't let us know until we talk next. Now, Sean, what movie have you chosen for us to watch i chose for you guys uh i chose a movie called bumblebee ah yes and it's part of the transformers world but i but i'll say this if i'm trying to sell it to you the one thing i'll say is this i'm not a transformers movie fan but i'm a fan of this movie and that should make you want to watch it all the more (laughs) yeah um um the michael so being the same age Sean, were you a fan of the toys? Yes, I was. I had the toys, yeah. Okay, so when that first Michael Bay movie came out, did you feel sort of betrayed by it, or were you just indifferent? I was... I the, What did it for me, I think it was in the first... Probably the first one. The Michael Bay directing stuff, it's like... Um, I, it, you could have... That could have been about anything. It didn't, it didn't really hold on to... The yeah. the detailed character of of what tra- what Transformers were to us, um, and I think that the one part that got me where I was like I can't sit here and watch this is he did you know how like an Armageddon they have like a slow mo the right stuff kind of shot of the guys walking to the shuttle or something like that right they have one in 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 the fr- I think it's the first Transformers movie. Same thing, slow mo, but of just cars driving down the street. <laughs> <laughs> that and was always. It's supposed. To, it's supposed to be like this dramatic moment, and I'm like, this is just traffic. You're just. It's just traffic. You're not. Like it's. It just. It's the slow mo thing of the of the main characters coming down. You know, but it's just cars, and I'm like, yeah, or, or whatever, whatever vehicles they're in, and I just I can't get into. I can't if, if everything is CGI. I can't get into it. If the whole thing is CGI, I, it's a movie I can't get into. It has to be a mixture or or none of it if you can do that. But like I don't mind CGI. But like if it's just robot versus robot, which is a lot of what Transformers is, 
uh-huh. uh, then I, I, it, I, I, it's lost on me. But Bumblebee's not that. Bumblebee it, has a human element to it that you have to check out. It didn't. Uh, it didn't help in those Bay Transformers movies that all the robots were really ugly. Like it was all spindly crap. Yeah, it, like, did, it didn't ring true from the toys when we were kids, right? Or like the cartoons or anything. Well, yeah, I mean, they, were, they weren't even identified. Like, that was the whole thing about the, the cartoon is that, you know, it's still it's a robot, but it still had, like, a human face and human characteristics. Right. And these are, like, bugs. Yes, right, exactly. It was, like, this. it, it was not fun. So but so I'll, I'll, I'll do say it again. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a fan of Transformers, but I think you'll appreciate, I think you'll get more of, like, a nostalgic feeling out of Bumblebee than anything, any one of these other ones. All right, cool. And uh, I see that that is available on Hulu, so we'll be watching that. Um, cool. So uh, we will uh, watch those films, and you'll want you'll pick one of ours, and we'll let us know in the next episode of Corn Stream. Uh, Sean, um, I know uh, nothing's really happening uh, stand up right now, but you do have the the two. Uh, you have the podcast Defend Your Movie with uh, Andy Fiore, who we yep. talked to last week, and you've got the the uh, SiriusXM show, Raw Dog uh, Celebrate. Yep. You said it's Wednesday, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern? Wednesdays at 4, yeah. And uh, I, I believe, uh, is uh, Sirius still giving out free trials right now? Yes, so you can sign up right now for Sirius for free until May 31st. Uh, they, they're playing it. They're, they're giving you free service till May thirty first. So check that out, and you get serious uh, seriousxm slash celebrate uh, should be where you can get where you can um, hit the link. Cool. Uh, again, uh, Sean, thanks for joining us. Um, Cody, do you have anything else to add before we uh, before we head out to watch these films? No, just our quick plugs. You can check out our other two shows, uh, Sinistana Podcasts, where we're reviewing um, regular VOD releases by the week. Uh, we also have ReMCU, our Marvel Rewatch podcast. Uh, and additionally, for me personally, you can find me Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on the Ramble podcast with uh, past guest Jerry Rocha and Eddie Pence. Goodness, you cool. are. Oh, can I also say I'm at Shawnee Time on Instagram and Twitter? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Um... Cool. Yeah. So at Shawnee Time, that's S E A N Y T I M E. Right. Yes. Okay, great. Uh, Sean Donnelly, thanks again for joining us. And we will talk to you uh, very, very soon about these films. Awesome. Uh, on that note, I am Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. 